Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is the place to come to listen to things about stuff that you like and you may be familiar with. Um, I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to call this week's guest. That's right. We have a guest. It's a secret. Hi. Hi. Welcome, Chad Ninety. Uh, thank you. You right, might remember Chad Ninety from some episodes such as Down in the Dumps with the Clumps. Uh, is that a uh, Nutty, Nutty Professor spinoff? Yeah, didn't you star in that? Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Off to a great start. Hey, we start things on the right note and the wrong foot, and I like it. So, Chad, I think it's important that everybody know where you're at and what you're doing right now. Oh, I'm in the great city of San Francisco. And why are you in San Francisco? Um, I am going to watch a concert. Go on. <laughs> by a, uh, a young up-and-coming artist named Tom York. And when is this concert? Uh, tonight. And how many hours till the concert? I mean, I probably won't be in for another five hours or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see you walking around, though. I was going to just FaceTime audio you, but it wasn't working. Uh, are uh, you, uh, are you, oh, here's a shark. Are you uh, in line or are you just walking around? Uh, I'm just walking around. So if you remember, um, oh yeah, someone holds with, your place. Well, no, you get a it's number. Not somebody holds my place. You get a number assigned. It's to that you. you get a number. Yeah. So Radiohead fans are hardcore, but they're very organized. And um, yeah, but so I mean, you're kind of highlighting the fact that I'm in line. I got here about noon, so that's like six hours of waiting in line. But if you recall, in July. I spent over 12 hours in line, probably more like 14 hours. Well, let's see. Let's do the math here. I got in line at quarter to two in the morning, and uh, the doors were at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. So, yeah, that's a good, what, 16 hours? Damn. Of waiting in line? Yeah. So, this is nothing. This is, this is nothing. This is nothing. Yeah, and yes, I'm one of those people that... Uh, but, you know, the thing is, once you get a taste, once it hits your lips, you know, you get a taste of being in the front row, it's like anything less than that is uh, disappointing. That was, a, that was a perfect segue into the next segment because I can't wait to get a taste of this beer on my lips. Hey! Hey, before we get into the beer, yeah, I was wondering if I could I'm trying to think of the right uh, verb here, but if I could bless the ears of your listeners 
with a description of kava because I'm drinking kava. I know you're drinking beer. I'm drinking kava. Uh, I brought some with me in a growler, so similar to beer. Yeah. Tell, um, tell everybody what kava is there, kava, kava man. Well, kava with a K. So we're talking about kava with a K, not with a C. Because with a C, it's a sparkling wine from Spain. <laughs> Very different. Pretty different. So kava is not fermented at all, but it's a root from the South Pacific. It's indigenous to islands like Tonga, Fiji, Samoa, and Hawaii, and and they've been drinking it for 3,000 years because it tastes like creme brulee and cotton candy mixed together. And it's just mwah, it's delicious. Uh, and yeah, I'm lying. Um, it tastes <laughs> like it tastes like you'd imagine roots would taste. And then that's even being generous. Earthy is a good term, but that's also generous. Um, but we don't drink it for the flavor. We drink it for the effects. It's an anxiolytic, which is a fancy way of saying it relieves anxiety. It's a muscle relaxant and an anti-inflammatory. But really, the real reason we drink it is because it's somewhere between um, alcohol and cannabis. And there and you go. So, so that means it's psychoactive. It's nothing hardcore. Like people, people kind of freak out when, when, I, say, um, when I say psychoactive uh, because they automatically think hallucinogenic. But coffee is psychoactive. Alcohol is psychoactive, so it's nothing hardcore. Yeah, it's it's uh, safe, non-toxic, non-addictive, uh, but it does everything you want alcohol to do. In that, it's a social lubricant. It just it just gets you gets you in a good place, but doesn't have all the side effects of alcohol. Some people call it natural Xanax. Yeah, it gives you like a, the best way to describe it is like a heady euphoria. That's not too intense, but really pleasant. Well, there you go. And, and there you, you go. And you can get that at Chad's Place of Employment, which I've been to in Santa Cruz. It's a, it's a pretty bomb-ass little spot. Hey, thanks. And, and uh, you know, I think it's worth noting that you did not try the kava. That's true. Because, because of your medications. Which I'm completely off, and I can drink again. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> well, let me, tell you what, let me tell you what I'm drinking. I'm very excited about this, because I've been... Uh, I've been seeing this online for a few months now, and it is from Oddside Ales, as many listeners might know, is my favorite brewery. Uh, it is called Bourbon Maple Wishes and Pecan Dreams, and it is a bourbon barrel-aged porter with maple syrup and pecans. It's everything you could ever want in a dark beer without the fillingness of a stout. I might be wrong, but we'll find out because I'm going to open it right now. That is just an adorable name. Yeah, bourbon maple wishes and pecan dreams. Yeah, that's it's like uh, if Shel Silverstein were as alcoholic as uh, Bukowski. <laughs> that's probably accurate. Uh, it's obviously super dark, as you would expect from a porter. We can put it over Chad's lens, and he goes, "I don't see anything," because it's black as night. <sighs> Black as night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can smell, it smells a little like pecan pie off the top. Very excited about that. You know, I always thought pecans were like the inferior sibling of, uh, of walnuts. So this is delicious. Um, 
the the immediate notes you're going to get are some bourbon barrel aged beer, uh, kind of typical. But that maple and pecan mixture is prominent and delicious. Uh, as Chad's been described many times, people are always like, "That Chad, he's so prominent and delicious." You know, at first it was annoying, but you know, you just gotta kind of accept it after uh, after so many people seem to have the same comments. It's true. And co- compliments. It's a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. You know? It is a compliment. Yeah, prominent uh, is is a huge compliment. I actually got to go to, and I've talked about this in the last few episodes, but I got to go to a brewery with Chad while I was out in Santa Cruz and had a bunch of those beers once I got back here, and those were delicious. And now Chad's in San Francisco, where there's even more breweries. Yay! Uh, yeah, and we were supposed to do a podcast from San Jose. It's a true story. Uh, which is where you were staying, but too many people like Kava, and I didn't get to leave work in time. <laughs> Oh, that kava. Hey, you want to see the line? Breaking up families. Oh, are you back in line now? Well, I'm here. You didn't yeah. answer the big, the biggest question of the whole thing. What number did you get? Oh, 55. There were already 54 or people as, ahead of you, huh? Or at, at noon, yeah. Wow. Um, or as, uh, uh, you know, some people like to say, 55. Ah, 55. What are you, trying to put me through like a peephole? What's happening? Oh, right sorry. Now? That was I, I closed the. I have a folio. Oh yeah, I got you. I have a folio yeah. phone. Case. I mean, the video is somewhat pointless. I can see you, but you can't see me. So. Well, hey, you can always start a YouTube channel and post the videos like some podcasters are doing. Video outtakes. This beer is so good. I want to eat it forever. Um. Okay. We're just going to gloss over the fact that you said eat your beer, but well, I mean, like, I get, I, I get that it's food flavored, <laughs> but it's still a liquid. Yeah. But it's, it's, a uh, it's like bourbon pecan pie and I, yeah, I want to eat it forever. I'm sticking with that. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh man. All right. We're going to take a small break and then we're going to talk about the main subject, which is going to be real funny to talk about with Chad while he's at a Tom York show. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back after this song from the band we're about to talk about. Chad is in line with some ladies at the Tom York show in San Francisco. But before he talks about Tom York and all the wonders that he's brought into this world, we're going to talk about the band that really influenced Radiohead to begin with. <laughs> oh, for sure. Everybody talks about the Pixies and, uh, and uh, Susie and the Banshees, but, you know, you never really hear about the... Uh, the the, the the significant and everlasting influence of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That's right. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones is this week's yeah. topic. And the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones started in 83. Not really. Did you know I, that? I like, I, I like how you were saying it like it was a big reveal. 
Yeah, like, I do that every time. Every goddamn yeah. time. And it's not like people aren't going to see it in the title. But I hey, know. you know what? You know what? You can live your fantasy life. Hey, I appreciate you calling me out on that because I do it every time and no one ever calls me out on it. Okay, good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm the first one to do it. I call myself uh, out on it occasionally, but okay, that's good. okay. Uh, so, yeah, they started. There was a few different bands that some of the band members shared or were in together in good. the 80s. In 83, which I like to call the year I was born. Um, but they didn't become the boss tones or the mighty, mighty boss tones after that until 89, 89. What was that? My phone just went off and Siri's trying to talk to me. Oh, okay. Mighty, mighty boss tones. Tang. Tang records signed mighty, mighty boss tones in 1989, uh, released the album, the, uh, devil's night out in October of 89, which was re-released in 1990. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it had crappy reception at first, so they re-released it a year later or what. Well, um, uh, this is quasi-relevant. Um, Tom York just released Tomorrow's Modern Boxes last year because he the original release was like through a torrent, and it wasn't that it was not that it wasn't well received, but it wasn't really received at all um, because it was through a torrent right so, so that happened i don't think torrents were around in 1989 so nope. i don't know i don't believe they I were just, uh, yeah uh, so but anybody familiar with uh, mighty mighty boston's should know their music style is referred to as ska core which is like a mix between you want to see tom york's tour bus hardcore and ska sure all of the podcast listeners at home let me there describe what I'm seeing for you guys. It's a fucking tour bus. <laughs> yep. Um, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. First album, Devil's Night Out. Did not have great reception with ska fans because it was too hardcore. Did not have great reception with hardcore fans because it was too ska. But, fun story, if you were a fan of punk or ska in the 90s, you probably saw a bunch of fucking weirdos with plaid pants on at one point. Uh... That, and I don't know how to fact check this, but that was started, apparently, by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. What do you think of that, Chan? Um, I mean, everybody's got to have a pattern. At least Ska does. You know, you got, you got, what, you, what is it called? First Wave? Was the, the checker, the black yeah, the and white checkers. Checks. Yeah. And then, uh, then Ska Core was with the plaid. And then third wave uh, is defined by, uh, I don't know, vomit stains. I don't know what third wave is. Uh, third wave is like less than Jake. Uh, third wave is. I don't know. The, the, line, the line's a little blurred. Well, yeah, because less than Jake falls in the same category as Boston's if you're talking about like a Scott punk band. Well, I, okay, so I think it goes like first wave and then Scott Core and then third wave. I know there's a third wave. Third, no, third wave, third wave is like real big fish. Real big fish are, I don't know. Okay. That's, that's third wave. And then the, the Boston became third wave when um, uh, More Noise and Other Disturbances came out. Is that the one? Is that the one with, no, that's not the one with the impression that I get. 
No, that's that let's face called? it. That's not until yeah, five years after it. more noise yes. and other disturbances. That's what I meant. Well, so that's the one. I've had a lot of kava, and it's been a long time since I've listened to the Boston's. Yeah, me and Chad kind of like, even though we got into the Boston's, uh, I don't know, '96 probably. Um, we went and backtracked and bought the old albums. Chad probably more so than me. I sure did. Yeah, and. Uh, I didn't know this. I was looking at this. Well, uh, the plaid thing, though, I thought was really funny because that was a huge trend when we were little punk rockers in high school yeah, the, in the, the 90s. The bondage pants. Yeah. And apparently that was started from like Dickie Barrett wearing plaid pants to a show and then had all the fans of the Boston's started wearing plaid and, stuff. And hanging out in bondage clubs. Yeah. Well, bondage clubs are fun. But that also got them a Converse ad in, in the 90s. Um, but okay, so 1991, they did the "Where'd You Go" EP with the "Where Did You I mean, Go." I mean, sellouts. Yeah, bastards. I mean, sellouts to Converse ads. Yeah, Chuck Taylor. Um, did Did you have the "Where'd You Go" EP? Yeah. So I didn't know. Pretty that, sure I had them all. I didn't know that had covers of "Sweet Emotion," "Enter Sandman," and then some Van Halen song. Yeah, I didn't know the Van Halen one was a cover because. I didn't know it was Van Halen because I had not really got well versed in Van Halen. Because yeah, right there with you. I just, I'm just not. I missed that part of my childhood. I don't think you missed I mean, it anything. Wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't part of my childhood. I mean, I missed that part of childhood in general. Or, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Okay, go ahead. Well, that just hey, uh, that was surprised me. I want to look up. Somebody's uh, walking towards me with plaid pants on right now. <laughs> The trend, oh my God, yeah, they are. The trend is alive, people. Um, no, I want to. I want to download Sweet Emotion. Enter Sandman. I'd be very curious what like the Boston's version of that would sound like. Um, and then they came out with the album you already mentioned, "More Noise and Other Disturbances," and that was a grand old time. Chad loved. Oh, Hamilton's album. playing. Hamilton's playing right here. Watch out, guys! Hamilton's playing. All right, let's pause. I'm just going to go see Hamilton real quick. You know what? We can still continue this while I'm in the in the audience. You could just, as long as you talk and rhyme, I think you'll be good. Okay. Can you... I, I, I'll talk and rhyme, but I'm not rapping. Okay, give it a shot. Okay. Right now? Yeah. Can't go in cold. You got to practice. Um, I'm standing in front of Burger King. Uh, I guess that's a thing. Um, I would try to see Hamilton, but I best it. I guess it costs a ton. Yeah, I've had a lot of kava. I don't think this is gonna. You know what? You can blame well. whatever you want. Let's just say you're not good at rapping. <laughs> well, I mean that too. Um, 1993. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you know about what happened. In 93, Chad. I was a wee boy of 10 years old, and the Mighty Mighty Bostones got signed to Mercury Records and put out a little EP called Ska, Core, The Devil, and More, which is, I think that's still my favorite album. Ska, Core, The Devil, and More? Yeah. Because um, it was well, my first I one. Good memories. I don't know. I don't know the, I don't know. I, I don't think I have a favorite record of theirs, but... Um, have favorite songs. I just don't know what's on that one. Scott Core, The Devil and More had Someday yeah. I Suppose on it. That was the first really? time you heard that. Yep. And then oh, they, okay. So that was, uh, but that was an earlier version. Yeah. And then they put it on the, uh, uh, but they re recorded it, I'm pretty sure. Don't Know How to Party. They got, they got put on that album. 
Um, that, which but was their was first the, full-length uh, album with uh, Mercury. But, what was that? Really? That was from the beginning. Yeah, Skycore, The Devil and More had Someday, I Suppose, and then it had a bunch of covers um, like uh, Think Again and uh, Simmer Down by The Wailers. There was a Minor Threat cover on there. That might have been Think Again. And then they had two live tracks on there, which were uh, Drugs and Kittens or Dogs and Champagne or whatever title you want to give it, depending on which album. It's yeah, on. they have a whole theme going on. Yeah. And, uh, with like and I'll drink and to something. that. Yeah, and I'll drink to that. Oh, they well, they have a drinking thing for sure. And that was the one where he goes, "Yeah, I need G off to come to the side of the stage." Oh, there's the one. There's the <laughs> song that's called like "Drugs and Kittens," and then it's called like something in Chaplains. Yeah, like dogs and they renamed it. Drugs and dogs kittens, and dogs and chaplains. And I think there's a third name in it in one of their references. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that was their EP they put out, and Someday I Suppose actually ended up getting a music video, and that was the first time they got MTV play, and that was 93, which is crazy to think about, because, what, we were in uh, fourth grade? Uh, well, I was, uh, I was 11, you were 10. Yeah, um, you were still in fourth and, grade, uh, Sure, and uh, that's the year that... Uh, Pablo Honey came out and Creep was an international super hit. Just to just to throw that in there. Tie it all together. <laughs> um so this I thought was funny. Don't know how to party, which came out was the full length album, first album with Mercury Records. Came out after Scott Devil and More. They wanted to put that on vinyl, so Mercury Records made a subsidiary record label called Big Rig Records specifically to put out their vinyl releases. Okay. It's just weird that a record company is like, hey, band wants to make vinyl? Let's make them a record label and put their vinyl out on it. Right, because they were like, oh, vinyl is so inferior to CDs. The compact disc is the is the medium of the future. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And then the question the answers. Hey, you know what's on Very Devil's Night Out? Thinking. Dump, jumping back, 1989, Devil's Night Out. You know what song's on there? Um, uh, Hope I, mean, I Never Lose My Wallet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We like that song because, yeah, Chad, didn't you lose your wallet during that song at a show? I think that is, I think that is a part of our own mythology. Uh, I don't know if that actually happened or not, but I cannot confirm or deny that it happened because it very well could have because I did stuff like that. Uh, I'm almost not, positive that happened at Clutch Not Cargos. infrequently. Well, um, fine then. Yeah. Uh, 1994, Mighty Mighty Boston's album Question the Answers comes out. Uh I can't now. I can't draw a blank on the freaking track listing on that because that had. Uh, I think that's where did you go? No, where'd you go? Was on the where'd you go EP, and then it came out on the uh, more noise and other disturbances. Okay, yeah, they released a lot of stuff twice, and there's a, it's just yeah, it got it gets confusing. It does. It does get confusing. When did we talk about the bulldog theme? When did the Bulldog thing come into it? Because Bulldog thing is on the cover of the Where'd You Go no, EP. I, I, I said Bulldog theme, but I like Bulldog, bulldog thing. Um, 
No, I. Uh, you know what? Screw you, man. I went to. I went to. I went to school hard knocks. Uh, I went to the school of Johnny Knox, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> What'd you learn there? Uh, how to staple my balls to my leg. Now, is I that, know that's a Stevo thing. Is that a six-week course or is that a fifteen-week? But course? he was a guest lecturer. Ah. Yeah. Oh, I know. These are the songs. The two songs I was thinking of from Question the Answers. Hell of a hat and pictures to prove it. Pictures yep. to prove it. We get to prove. Yeah, that song. I should just do my... Oh, and this is where Dogs and Chaplains comes into play. It's so weird. Hey, Chad. Yeah. You know what happened then? Uh, they drank a lot of beer. No, they were doing that all along. Uh, but this is when they went on the John Stewart show, which was a show, and uh, they hosted 120 I, minutes. I believe his name is John Daly. <laughs> and then they appeared in a little John movie. John Daly show. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. It was uh, at Fast Times Ridgemont High. That is correct. Yes. They played alongside Ridgemont High. No, wait, wait, no, it was, it was, it was Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) Jodie Foster joined in the band when she was drunk at the frat party. Yeah, the FBI frat party. Yeah, it was crazy. That movie didn't make any sense. Uh, That's incorrect. The real, the real movie is, is Clueless with Alicia Silverstone. Do you think Alicia uh, Silverstone pronounces? So I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this venue Bar- in again. Barcelona. This, this this venue that I'm waiting to get into. Yeah. Was where I saw Nine Inch Nails a week and a half ago, and remember the scene where Elton is like, um, "So you mean the way I feel about I don't remember the band. Let's say Fleetwood Mac because I just saw them. I just saw the Cranberry. No." No, it was an older band. He's like, so the way I feel about Fleetwood Mac is the way my kids are going to feel about Nine Inch Nails? <laughs> he does say that. Yeah. Something. I don't know Fleetwood Mac, but I'm just filling that in because I saw them on last Tuesday. Chad goes to shows and takes pictures. You can find them on Instagram at Chad90. That's Chad number nine, the letter E. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm so glad I didn't have to plug my own Instagram. No, I'm going to uh, plug you all over the place. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> after 94, nothing happened. End of story. End of story. <laughs> uh, Everybody lives happily ever after. I know I'm bouncing around a bit here. Or the, or the world ended and literally nothing happened after 94. And this is all... A, uh, 94 was like, when the Matrix was invented. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. I was going to say, like, you know, before you die, you create a whole world and, like, you run through everything. Like, there's a whole. Uh, okay. Continue. <laughs> so after 94, Chad and I found out about the band. <laughs> after they put out one, two, three, four, five, six albums. Chad and I find out about them in uh, 
Wait, what year are we at? Well, we you and me started listening to them in '97. Yes. And that yeah, was I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't hear you say that. I thought you I were, didn't say that. Thought you were mistaken. And okay, gotcha. You didn't give a year. This yeah, is, we that's got to when the party a little late. Impression that I get comes out and that's changes when, alternative when radio. Most people heard of them. Yeah, it's just like that was such a huge song that did so much for ska and punk in the late '90s, and like getting some mainstream play and all that good shit. Uh, that's where I learned about the term "sellout" from the Real Big Fish song "Sellout." <laughs> um, I think I, I think I told you this, but I'm going to tell uh, your your podcast listeners um, when I saw Real Big Fish uh, last year do their uh, 20th anniversary of turning the radio off. The show, they uh, one of their encores. They played, um, they played the impression. They, they they played the impression that I get, but they introduced it as they were like, "This is our biggest song, probably ever," and then they launched into it, and it was amazing. Yeah, that would be a good time to see that happen as in person. It's never a bad time to see that in person. Okay, you bite your tongue. I, what I didn't say it wasn't what. Yeah. That's right. Um, Chad, let's face it. Okay. Came out in 1997. Did you know that? I did, yeah. Well, I, I was there. Who am I, I telling was there, this man. to? I was man, there. That was, uh, that was such a big year. I mean, I was, we were 15, and that song blew the fuck up. I was 14. And, Chad's uh, aged and all quicker. I, I mean, sure, let's go with that. Um, I, uh, that launched us into a whole, like, I think that we became freaks after that because we fell into, like, the, the punk, uh, the punk, uh, you know, underbelly. Yeah, that's when I started buying yeah, band Clarkson t-shirts and my mom started asking me if I was doing drugs. Good times. The funny thing is, we were the furthest thing from yeah. drug users. Yeah, we were very, we just, very we just much looked not like drug we users. did. Apparently, when you wear band T-shirts, you're probably doing drugs. Though I can't blame my parents for that because when they grew up, if you were wearing band T-shirts, you were probably doing drugs. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, let's face it; was their most to this day uh, still their most popular album, and that's almost directly because of their single "Impression That I Get." Um, it reached 27, number 27 on the Billboard 200. It was number one on the uh, U.S. alternative charts. Pretty tasty. But then, Chad, let's play this game. You were already able to name quite a few albums that we've gone through so far. Can you name one album that came out after that? Um, <laughs> yes, I can. I can. Well... Only because I saw your email that you sent. Oh, but yeah, that doesn't count. Okay, then no. Okay. So, yeah, they did a live album the next year, which is what Chad's talking about. Which is very misleading. It's called Live from the Middle East. But it's just in Boston at some club called the Middle East. (laughs) I mean, it's a little misleading. But, I mean, the place is called the Middle East. What are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess you could say Live from Boston. You could say live from the Middle East in Boston, but then you're just it's a little wordy. It's, it's a little wordy. You you, uh, you totally passed over the fact that we uh, we got uh, Dickie Barrett to sign 
uh, something ticket stub or something like that. Yeah, I uh, so I had a personal like I hold grudges about everything, and that's my personal failure. But I had an issue with Dickie Barrett after the second time I met him because the first time I met him was Warp Tour '97 when you and me went, and it was the last Warp Tour at Pine Knob, and. Dickie Barrett was one of those guys. He's lead singer. Yeah, I should probably say that. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones consisted of, I say consisted because we've had like other members in and out, but Dickie Barrett, Tim Burton, Ben Carr, Joe Gittleman, John Gochius. Yeah, I saw that too. Leon Silva, Joe Soroyas, Joe Soroyas, I don't know what his name is. Nate, El- <laughs> Nate Albert, Dennis Brockenborough, Roman Fleischer, and Kevin Lanier. <laughs> Um, and that's that's who Mighty Mighty Boston's are. But Dickie Barrett, the lead singer, also funny because Real Big Fish's lead singer is Aaron Barrett. No Aaron relation. Barrett. I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no relation. But, but uh, so we saw that we saw them at the Warp Tour in '97, and Dickie Barrett, yeah. when they got off stage, he came over and he was like, he loved his fans. It was so fucking cool for him. You could tell he was like super into it. And yeah, he signed something. It was probably a ticket stub or like a like a Warp Tour compilation or some shit. Um, you never know though, because I had uh, I had Jerry from the Misfits sign a water bottle one time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's fair. You never, know, um, you never know what you're gonna get signed. You just gotta you know find something. But so this was by this is when I first started going to concerts, and so the fact that the lead singer like loved the fans and wanted to stay out and hang out with them, uh, and it got to the point where his manager had to come out and pull him away. He's like, dude, we gotta go. Like we gotta go. And Dickie's like, no, I got more people. I gotta say hi to. Blah blah. I was like, that is so admirable. That's so awesome. This is cool. Like, I want to see concerts all the time. So this happens every time, which it never did ever again, because that's not what happens at concerts. Well, uh, uh, if you go to as many concerts as I do. <laughs> yeah, okay, but it's, uh, not the, it's not the popular thing to happen. Well, it's uh, not. It's, it's, it's not the common occurrence. No. no but that. so then I it's saw. the, um, what's the word? The status quo, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I saw like Tom York is not going to come out of this bus that I'm looking at right now <laughs> and sign anything of mine anytime soon. I've been walking around, by the way. I just happen to be passing the bus again. Tell him you're just not, you're not, currently on a podcast. I'm not standing outside the bus staring into the windows, the tinted windows that I can see Christmas lights behind. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Uh, we might uh, witness yeah. an actual arrest on the podcast. Um, but so I saw Mighty Mighty Boss Tones with Offspring and The Living End about two years later. Oh, damn. A year or two oh, later. I, it was on a rooftop a in Pontiac. Band. Yeah, Living End was amazing. I saw them They're probably the still around, shelter. but the last couple records that I listened Holy to crap. like 10 years ago, they sucked. Yeah, Living like End was a punk band from Australia, and their <laughs> bass player played upright bass, and for an entire song, one of their little gimmicks was he would get on top of his upright bass and fucking balance on it while he played it for the entire song, and it blew my so the, mind. I didn't know it was the entire song. Yeah, it was insane. He did it for as long wow. as he could. It usually lasted, okay. like, most of the song. Um, okay. Anyway, Great so show. I saw them, and then, like, the show, well, Offspring was headlining, and so Dickie Barrett got off stage, and he very clearly didn't want anything to fucking do with anybody and i was like oh wow you kind of let fame make you an asshole and that was my opinion because i was a teenager and then i had like a grudge i don't believe that today but at the time i I held that grudge for quite some time (laughs) but you gotta think you know people are on tour for months at a time you know generally like at least one month 
and uh, they, you know, they're not always going to have a good day. And sometimes you don't want to talk to people. I mostly and, don't want to talk uh, to people. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I barely wanted to talk to you today on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> here I am. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes they're sick or whatever. They just don't, they're not into it. So you got to give people a pass that live very public lives, you know, um, or not, or you just hate people, go around hating people and harboring, uh, festering resentment towards your idols, whatever. Hey, the um, only thing that'll give you is a healthy ulcer. A healthy ulcer as opposed to the unhealthy ulcer. Right. Yeah. The, the unhealthy yeah. ones are caused by just regular health issues. Unhealthy yeah. ones are caused by, uh, justified grunges. Grunges, just not grunges. Just grunges, <laughs> grunges against your uh, your teenage um, uh, music heroes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but uh, I feel like I was going to say something. Were you going to talk about how the Boston's had a hiatus in the two thousands, but they're still doing music today? You know, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Why don't, why don't you take the helm there? No, that's all I was going to say. They they still do stuff. But they've uh, definitely switched band members. I think starting in 2000, they switched up probably the last four people, five people I named in my little list of band members. They are no longer in the band. So, uh, so yeah. So, how many people is are, how many people are original? Um... Six, seven? How many people are in the band? Too many, man. Okay. I All mean, right. you think your basic band makeup, because Dickie doesn't do anything. He doesn't play anything. He just does vocals. Wait, okay. Please tell me that the, the boss tone is in the band still. Who's the boss tone? Come on. See? This you're is, no, you're this not is serious. Why I, this is why I needed you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. The boss tone was the guy that oh, just Oh, the guy that just skanked. Yeah, he just fucking skanked and had zero actual musical talent in the band. He didn't well, <laughs> you don't know that, but he didn't play anything. He didn't play anything. He didn't sing. In the band, yes. He didn't he just, he didn't he just danced he on just stage. Danced on stage. I forgot about that guy. Oh How my did god. You forget about him. He was called the boss tone. How did you forget about that Such guy? Such a weird fucking gimmick. And then remember um He's like their hype to, guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, um, to do a callback of one of your previous guests, Ooh. Aaron Kozad. Um, he played in a band. So this was back in the day. This was after he showed me the porn. Um, <laughs> but like story. right after, like around that same era, um, he was, it was at, uh, what was the, the Alano Club? Ah, yes. Uh, which is which an was, alcoholic anonymous club that we would learn right. later on in life. I didn't know right. that for years. I didn't, I didn't years. know what that meant at the time, but yes, it's an AA place. But um, they played a show there. Some band played a show, and he was the guest vocalist, and he sang, I'm Just a Girl. And whatever the band was, the ska band, um, uh, they had a guy on stage that just yo-yoed. <laughs> That's all he did. And uh, it was obviously inspired by the Boston. Yeah, I like I like a uh, weird crap though. Like we we went to school with a band called Transparent Drive, and oh my god, they were uh, they were all I very need, smart I, and cool, but they were they were really fucking weird, and they would like throw out like t 
toys that were rejected by Russian factories? Like, what would you describe oh, those random? Yeah, but like, Rollies. what the hell yeah, were they? Uh, they look like yellow penises that are uh, like, um, uh, what's it? Uh, anthropomorphized? Is that the right word? Anthropomorphized penises that are yellow, and they have this white uh, little rod thing that comes out with a with a you know, elastic band. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck was that? I did, I had one too. Yeah, I got one. I don't know where they got them from, but yeah, they're. I know they're they got them forward. from the Whoopi Bowl. Yes, uh, but, but I, I don't, don't know, know what country they're from. Yeah, no, I don't know what the uh, hell yeah, they it's, are. It's probably the Eastern Bloc of some sort. But yeah, they were called Rollies, and we did we did a show uh, on local access cable called Kicking It with Roddy. So this is like. This, I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton's been around for a while, but it was called Kicking It With Roddy because they had a cardboard cutout of Hillary Rodham Clinton, you know? And um, we just did an improvised show that was probably pretty terrible. Um, but it was, it was just utter nonsense. And there was one scene in it where, you know, we were all dancing around the, uh, the cardboard cutout. And... Um, and okay, so this was in like. Just think if Hillary would have won that election, you could have released that video, and it would have been amazing. Totally, I I know it would have been. I mean, yeah, hey, it's you know what? It's out there. It's out there on the internet. I implore people to go and uh, find "Kicking It with Roddy." I assure you, the, it's not on the, on the internet. <laughs> it is because they posted it, and I saw it a couple years back. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I wish most of my stuff was on the internet, but it's not. I, I wish uh, I'm still waiting for I you know, remember lifeguard Lollapalooza. Yeah, I I gave away those. I yeah, gave Chad away a gave away VHS a box tapes. of our high school VHS tapes. I was to really some bad stranger. at backing things up <laughs> and uh, creating redundancy. So I uh, and archiving. I guess you could I like say. to think that since you did that uh, when you were still in Los Angeles, that whoever took those, like everyone else that lived in Los Angeles or lives in Los Angeles, they. He probably went and, oh, old VHS tapes. I better look through all these and make sure there's no homemade porno on them. And so yeah, maybe probably, he found a gem and posted it online. Well, all the old Bungle Vision stuff I wish we still had. But um, but the Lifeguard Lollapalooza has a special place in my heart. Um, basically, I just went around in the high school and I interviewed every, I interviewed the lifeguards. And I it was just, it was like Tom Green before... Tom Green was a thing, I, I think. I don't think he was around then. It's um, true. Chad was a uh, Chad had great comedic timing at being at being weird, but really funny. Yeah. And I had and, great and now, comedic and, and timing and just, just being a chubby little moron. And, and, and now I'm just weird uh, and good at being awkward. Without the, the good fun, timing, the, the funny like you, you lost the timing, the Chad. That's what it is. Well, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, that was fun, but I, I still hold out hope that that's just going to appear on YouTube one day. So I check, you know, intermittently to see if somebody's posted that on YouTube because it's out there in the world. I figure it's, everything's going to end up on YouTube at some point, every video. Well, um, then you better buy more like, Google stock because that would be pretty insane. What would be insane that it ended if up, everything, oh, everything, if everything ended up on YouTube. <laughs> Well, every video that exists, I just assume like it's going to end up on YouTube if it's eh, not already. There's a lot um, of videos out there. I, I tell you what, I think, uh, I don't know, I might be like subconsciously fishing for sponsors because I keep mentioning these small companies that I hear about and podcasts that I listen to, but 
there's some company, thankfully I can't remember what they're called, so I can't really promote them, but uh, where I can literally just send the box of VHS tapes I have and then they digitize and send it all back to me. Speaking of boxes, uh, and don't worry, this is not going to be dirty, but I just wanted to finish my thought about kicking it with Roddy because yes. the way that, that the Rollies tie in was that we were all dancing around the cardboard cutout of Hillary Clinton and, um, and somebody just produces a box of, of Rollies, just a box of all these Rollies and just throws them all in the air, just launches the Rollies and the, the Rollies rain down everywhere. And uh, yeah, just... And there you, you know, go. Your, your, your typical uh, Eastern Bloc... Uh, no, uh, you know what? Okay, so this is, this is what I remember the description being. They like the pins in the bottom or the rods that, that come out of the bottom. They like it fastens them to a board and like it's like a bowling game. They're like bowling pins almost, and you like try to knock them over. That actually makes sense. I think. Oh, yeah. I do. that makes so much sense that now I'm now I don't think they're as cool. <laughs> oh, because you're starting to wrap your mind around the concept of a rolly. Well, yeah, now it makes complete sense because now the way those rods stuck out and the way they fall over yeah. and then the elastic band would pull them back but, up. But they fall over forward, though. I don't care. I'm, okay. You've ruined right. everything for me. Now I'm going to find one online and that's going to be the image for this episode. I, I try. Um, all right, we'll take a little break and then we'll wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up good. I'll wrap you up. Have you seen the uh, the public toilets that are like? It's a good like, time to wrap up this conversation. <laughs> well, just hold on a second. Just, uh, just uh, hang tight. I'm gonna mute the phone. Unless you don't. I can already hear it. I can already hear it happening. No, that's the that's the faucet. Sure. I washed my hands before because I touched the button. This is a public toilet. This is a public toilet. Oh boy. That uh, um, that it's like an automated one. Like it cleans after every use. It's like this uh, single occupancy, like freestanding one out in the middle of San Francisco, like on a street. That's weird. I don't know if I'm describing it properly, but hold on. I'm going to mute the phone. It's real weird. Yeah, it is. Real weird. So we discussed odd side Look, ales. The toilet, the toilet's oh, pink. Hold yeah, on. He's, oh my goodness. See? You guys can't see this, but I'm looking at a pink toilet in what looks to be an oversized airplane bathroom. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> okay, be right back. <laughs> BRB. Oh boy. Uh, so we tried Oddside Ales, Bourbon Maple Wishes, and Pecan Dreams. Uh, I'm still drinking it and it is delicious. I highly recommend you go find it and try it, even though it's way too expensive. Um, and then we talked about Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, who have been around putting out albums since 1989. They put out Devil's Night Out, which is actually looked at as one of the most influential ska core, ska punk albums uh, right next to Operation Ivy's um, whatever the hell their album is called. Talked about that on the Rancid episode when I was in California where Chad was supposed to be there. There you go. Full circle. Uh, but 
They're a very, very great band. They do so many good songs. And ska bands always blow my mind because there's so many instruments. Uh, it is almost exactly like an orchestration where you're just writing all these parts and putting them together to make something awesome. So if you have not heard anything other than impression that I get, the impression that I get is that with all these streaming services out there, you should probably listen to a little more Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and maybe go watch Clueless and be like, oh my God, that's the band? And you'll go, oh shit, dog, rolling with the homies, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I want to thank Chad, but Chad's peeing in a public toilet right now. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank Tom York for having such an extravagantly normal tour bus. Who would have thought? Um, Chad, why don't you say a healthy goodbye to our listeners? A healthy goodbye? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I would rather do an unhealthy goodbye because I just I don't. Uh, um, I, I, I don't know what healthy is. So we'll I talk to you I next week. Thanks for listening. Honest, thanks I mean, for what is, thanks to Chad. What is healthy for being you know? on the show? And uh, and happy birthday to uh, Seal Monstrous. What? It's a monstrous seal who had a birthday. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Like the seals that you saw in Santa Cruz? No, like seal to sing. Oh, well, he is quite a monster. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, he's a kind of dick in, in real life. Have you ever been close to tragedy? Or been close to folks who have? Have you ever felt the pain so powerful, so heavy you collapse? Or has it ever come down to do or die? You got to rise above the